Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I'm just wondering, how important is it to get an extension done with Rudy this offseason or just give us an update on how things are going there? Yeah, we don't, as, as you know, Ryan, again, appreciate the question. We don't comment on past, present, or future negotiations, but we love Rudy, and uh, we'd like to, Rudy to be here for the duration of his career. Wanted to know if we could get an update on Bojan's recovery and uh, if you guys expect him to be ready to go uh, at the start of the season. So, Sarah, it's gone really well. Uh, he just uh, – Bojan and, and Joe Ingles have both been here uh, the last few weeks, so they've had a really good – routine and, and both look terrific so far. Boyan specifically, obviously, uh, with the, the wrist surgery, uh, it's gone well. He's progressed well. Um, we're now in one uh, on O workout. So it's one ball, one goal, one coach, one player. We're in that window, uh, I believe, until December 4th. And um, so we'll see where his level's at. And then Mike Elliott, a week from now, Sarah will uh, determine whether we want to have him take contact, the first available practice, or is he script only? Uh, a lot of that really is Boyan's feedback to Mike about his level of confidence. But, but so far, so good. All right, Gordon, it, it feels weird because it's December, but uh, Jazz Camp is uh, getting started. We're going to media day is not kind of traditionally how it is. We're going to have different interviews kind of throughout the week. For example, uh, Quinn Snyder is going to be, uh, we'll, we'll carry his uh, media availability live coming up somewhere around the top of the three o'clock hour. So stay tuned for that. But Gordon, what are, what are the storylines here in camp that, that most interest you? Well, two of them were just asked that we just, that Austin just played uh, R- Rudy Gobert and his status I, I think it's front and center, don't you? Oh, I think it's number uh, one. Yeah, the yeah, number one I, issue I, facing, I, facing the franchise for sure. Yeah, and I, you heard what Dennis said there, and I, I think that is informative in and of itself that he said we want Rudy to be here. Uh, so if, if that is, in fact, sincere, then they're going to be motivated to do what they can to keep him. But that that, that, that is a huge story for the Jazz. Um other than that, I guess I, I, uh, what first comes to mind is the continued progression of Donovan Mitchell and uh, wh- whether he can rise to the level necessary for the Jazz to be a true contender. And I, that's what has to happen. He has to be a superstar for that to occur. So uh, all lies on him. Will he be able to continue uh, what he was doing in the bubble? Uh, I know you think that was sort of basketball in a vacuum, didn't you? And uh, it would be hard for him to, uh, to to be scoring the way he did there, but uh, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to make another bet with you that he's going to score 35 points a game, but uh, I, I, I really don't know. 
I, I don't know what attitude he's going to take because it seems like he has this notion. He knows how important his scoring is to the team, but he also seems to have come to the realization that he needs to be aware on the court. He needs to know where his teammates are. He needs to be able to deliver them the ball or, and choose between doing it himself and getting someone else the ball. And I find that whole process really interesting to watch because I don't think he's a finished product yet. He's 24 years old. Why would he be finished at this point? So I, that that's really, really big. You heard Sarah ask about Bojan uh, Bogdanovic and uh, his his progression. Obviously, a lot of us think that the Jazz would have been able to make, well, they probably would have beaten Denver if he had been available. I don't know that for a fact. But it, it certainly is uh, somewhat logical to think that way. So uh, how, how will he go his second time around? Same with Mike Conley. Will he be more effective? Will any of the young guys, uh, whether they were already with the Jazz uh, a year ago or whether you know they've been drafted, how will they progress? Will they be able to step in and help with the Jazz on the perimeter? Uh, yeah, those, those are things that come to mind. What's most uh, important to you other than Rudy? No, I, I think you hit on uh, hit on a lot of them. Um, the other one that that I kind of is I'm going to be following, and, and we won't really know until we see games really going. But what what role are they going to have exactly for Mike Conley? Mm-hmm. Because I think some things worked last year. I think some things didn't work last year. I think uh, Bogdanovich not returning in the bubble. I think really benefited Mike Conley. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to have the ball in his hands more. So that's less in the hands of Mike Con- Conley, in theory. Um, so what role do they carve out for him? I still think size in the backcourt is a, is a big issue. I mean, particularly since they didn't do much to solve their perimeter defense issues. So I want to know what role works for him or what role they carve out for him. Because I oh. think his contribution was lacking at times last year, you know? And then when they finally got it, they didn't also have Bogdanovich, so you didn't see what those kind of combined efforts look like. And and I'm interested to see how they split up ball distribution because, uh, you know, these these players that are ball dominant can't have the ball in their hands all the time. You know, I'm talking about uh, Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, and, and Mike Conley, where they're, they're best initiating that pick and roll and they're best with the ball in their hands. So how do they carve up those minutes? Because Donovan's not getting less. You know, I breaking news here, but he's not going to handle the ball less this upcoming year. So how does that work itself out, and what role does Mike Conley find himself playing to really contribute? When we talked with Locke about this, he brought up that very thing that you just talked about, those three guys. And if the talk is true that Joe Ingles will be spending time on the floor with Derek Favors uh, because there seems to be some – connectedness there uh will mike conley be on the floor with those two as well and how is that going to work with conley and joe ingles on the floor uh both of whom like to have the ball in their hands i i don't know the answer to that question but i guess we're going to find out so that's just one thing uh adding on to what you said the the rudy story is certainly the biggest story in jazz world right now austin and i were chatting about it a little bit before the show uh just kind of you know, coming up with which direction we want to go. And the hard part about talking about this, Gordon, is that there there's no new news. 
And there's really no deadline until the end of this year. Of course, there's the deadline coming up where they have to work out an extension or not. But no matter what, Rudy's under contract for the next year. So Don't you have to get that? Don't you have to get that thing done by December 21st? No, you don't. I know, but I mean, I, I mean, you don't have to, but don't you have to? If you're who? Who, who, who wants that hanging over the club the entire season? Well, nobody does, but sometimes that's not the, you know, that's not the top priority in these types of scenarios. I think that could be a major distraction in a year where the Jazz at least have been planning on having this be a fairly substantial year for them. Well, especially if Rudy uh, goes out and thinks he needs to turn himself into Hakeem, you know, and be an an offensive uh, force, which is is the hard part, which is kind of what happened last year. And then he ends up calling out his team nine games into the season. So, yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. You certainly don't want that, but it's not quite that simple as saying, well, you can't do that. Right. You you know what I'm saying. I know. Okay, so are there any advantage to not doing it? Prior to the start of the season. But for whom? For anyone. It's an advantage to the Jazz because they won't pay too much for their player. No, well, I mean, it won't kick in. Okay, I, I just mean, what is the advantage to waiting for either side? I mean, is that some sort of motivating factor for Rudy to play better? But that's not what it's about, advantage or disadvantage. It's It's all numbers. It's all straight cash, homie. Yeah, I, I understand that, but I wondered if the timing of it, if there's any benefit to the Jazz to waiting, because then maybe Rudy would be more motivated in a productive way, not in a selfish way. Okay, I see what you're getting at. I don't. Uh, I would be surprised if that were the priority. Um, so then, then you do everything you can to get it done by December 21st. Without overpaying. What are we, what are we today? Again, We're the, the first today, so it'll give you 20 days. Right, but if his number or, or is unreasonable, it's it, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I don't think if it's his about number it, is it, unreasonable, then you've got to trade him. Well, you don't have to do that before the, the 21st. You just have to do that before the day. No, no, I, I understand. But if, if, if that, that would be important for the Jazz to know before the season starts. Well, I'm sure they so, know what his number is. I mean, they're not no. not negotiating right now. Yeah, because uh, yeah, and when they handled their business with Donovan Mitchell, they ha- handled some other stuff that they announced with Jordan Clarkson, and and so I was kind of expecting it to come sometime soon. But well, I'm sure they were yet. doing all of them simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt if it was a one at a time type situation. But even if it were, I mean, those signings happened a week ago. Did you read between the lines or from the tone of what Dennis Lindsay said? Uh, no, I, there? I think Dennis is being honest. I think they'd love to have Rudy on the team, 100%. I don't, I don't think they're looking to not be in the Rudy Gobert business. It's just not that complicated. I mean, what Dennis said there was 100%, I, I believe, his, his true feeling, that they value Rudy, they want to keep Rudy, they, want, they feel like they're at their best with him on their lineup, 100%. But, but they also it, want to it, stay in business. Yeah, they also want to continue to <laughs> to operate uh, and be able to you know be responsible when it comes to managing the salary cap. That's a uh, that's a huge deal in the NBA. And if I wonder you're going, for them where that line is. I don't know. I I'd love to be a, a fly on the wall. One hundred percent. All right, transition to the youth, shall we? 
because uh, right. Coach Witt and Coach Ludwig had media availabilities today. They both covered the same topic. Uh, however, they both hmm. uh, addressed it a little it bit a little bit differently. We'll start with Coach Witt, <laughs> and then we'll get to Coach Lud uh, uh, talking about the turnovers. Coach, how do you uh, go about emphasizing ball security in practice? We go about it every day of the week. Uh, we dedicate periods to nothing but ball security drills. We've been doing that uh, for years. Andy's very tuned into that. Andy Lovely, our coordinator, nobody is neglecting that. Nobody is not paying attention to that. We're all paying attention to it. And it's something we always do pay attention to. And uh, that has been, you know, if you, if you boil it right down to the the bare bones, that's been our issue. Like I said, the, the, I believe if we turn the ball over one time in those first two games, in each game, we probably win both of them. But that's the shoulda, woulda, coulda. That's not the case, but that's how impactful it's been. And uh, it's something that we will continue to emphasize. Uh, there comes a point where you harp on things too much. It becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy where it becomes a, a negative, you know, if you, if you rant and rave about it too much. So uh, our guys understand how important it is. There's nobody on our offense who doesn't get it as far as uh, ball security. And so we've just got to continue to uh, try to do a better job. All right, let's follow it up with uh, Coach Ludd's thoughts on the matter. Are you surprised with the number of turnovers that have happened? Is this something that you saw in practice and camp, or is this something that surprised you, the number of uh, turnovers? I'm disgusted with it. Not surprised, disgusted. Uh, no, didn't didn't see it coming. We have been a very good ball security football team, and it is a constant point of emphasis with every player on the offensive unit. But uh, obviously, we have to do a much better job of taking care of the football. It's all about the ball. So we got to do a much better job, especially starting with the quarterback position. Disgusts me. Man, you can hear the disgust in both of their voices. You know, it must be frustrating because you know that this is something that's really important to Kyle Whittingham. I, I can't recall a season when he hasn't stressed it in his entire head coaching career. And so for the nine turnovers in two games, Jake, you know what I, mean, I like that, about it, though? Unheard of. You know what's funny, and I'm glad we played those back-to-back, is because Coach Witt, um, his leadership style is good, right? Because you know behind the scenes he told Coach Ludwig, like, hey, nine's a lot. And uh, <laughs> it, this, this, this cannot keep going, uh, just to give you the heads up. But then in public, Witt just very much is like, well, turnovers come with football, and we football a lot around here in football, football, football. And then we football it down the field and football some more. And then we, we football it right out of the football park and uh, football some more. And then it gets to Coach Ludd, who's obviously been um, told how uh, mm, bad the turnovers are. He's a little bit more forceful. I'm disgusted with it. Yeah. See, so Coach Witt gets to be the the loving Lavelle Edwards like head coach, right? Where he's like, "Oh, you know, it's all right. I just I love everybody." And Coach Ludwig <laughs> has to be the bad guy. It's a good it's a good management style. It really is. Man, I think you're reading that wrong. Are you kidding me? You you, you think <laughs> I think that Kyle Whittingham has had it up to here with the turnovers. No, he has. You're, you're not listening to me. He has. Oh, you, he, you mean just he, the public image that he puts yes, out? Yes, yes. The the message that he sends out there. No, he's he's not pleased. No, don't get me wrong. He behind closed doors, he he told Andy that uh, his life will end <laughs> next week unless and the, the players yeah, probably unless the turnover issue is is uh, addressed. But publicly, he can be. 
the the calm one, the stable force, where you go See, to the OC who goes, "I'm disgusted. I'm mad. I'm mad as hell." You know, but that's we uh, we've heard Kyle Whittingham talk about this through all of his years, and so no matter what he says, I'm seeing nothing but uh, uh, complete uh, yeah, anger at at, at the. Tr- we play that again. Yeah, Austin. play with and leave our leave our mics. Yeah, yeah, leave our mics up here. Stay awake because it is it is very uh, you know football football and and then. Coach, how do you uh, go about emphasizing ball security in practice? We go about it every day of the week. Uh, we dedicate periods to nothing but ball security drills. We've been doing that uh, for years. Andy's very tuned into that. Andy Lovely, our coordinator, nobody is neglecting that. Nobody is not paying attention to that. We're all paying attention to it. And it's something we always do pay attention to. And uh, that has been, you know, if you, if you boil it right down to the the bare bones, that's been our issue. Like I said, the, the, I believe if we turn the ball over one time in those first two games, in each game, we probably win both of them. But that's the shoulda, woulda, coulda. That's not the case, but that's how impactful it's been. And uh, it's something that we will continue to emphasize. Uh, there comes a point where you harp on things too much. It becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy where it becomes a, a negative, you know, if you, if you rant and rave about it too much. So uh, our guys understand how important it is. There's nobody on our offense who doesn't get it as far as uh, ball security. And so we've just got to continue to uh, try to do a better job. Man, I, I I sense ferocity in what he's saying there. Well, of course there is, because as you point out, he doesn't like turnovers. But he sounds like he's he's um, he sounds like he's speaking to the Rotary Club. I mean, Boy, just, I, I'm, I'm these saying, streets are not... dirty. These streets are dirty, but no. we gotta clean them up. You know, no, you guys are them. wrong. There's an issue. We, we work wrong. on the problem every day. Oh, and then man. Coach Ludwig. Oh. Yeah, and then that's Coach yeah, Ludwig. Wait a minute, he, because wait a minute. he has to be the bad guy. Coach Witt could just be no. like, yeah, we work on this stuff. Kyle Whittingham is ticked off. Of course he is. You are totally he is ticked off. entirely missing our point. No, no. I hear it in what he's saying there. I'm not missing what you're saying. I, I think it comes across to anybody who knows Whittingham. So you're saying Austin and I don't? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Because I love it when people go to the, well, you don't know what you're talking about unless you agree with me. That's always the strongest argument possible. And it gets people I, to change their minds. Yeah, all the time. This is, this is a matter of opinion. It's not a matter of being right or wrong. It's a matter of what you, the, how you take what yeah, he said. That's saying. your opinion. And, and I, sometimes people can say things in a nice manner, and still it comes across like what you said that he said to Ludwig privately. Uh, in higher, in more voluminous tones. Now, see, I, I take it more as it's when you acted up as a kid in public and your mom said, wait till your father gets home. And you're like, no, please, just punish me here in public, please. Because in public, they were like, oh, we'll take care of this. Then you get home and it's it's right. war. But, Austin, I'm just going to go ahead and defer to Gordon on this one because okay. I don't have dinner with Wit three times a week. <laughs> if we don't, I admittedly, we don't go boating in the summer. So I don't think I could really have a. Uh, uh, oh wait a minute! Opinion. If we're gonna do that, then let's get PK on the line. He'll he'll tell us exactly how it is. All right, stay but, tuned. We'll. Have I, I'm just telling you that I I sense from Kyle Whittingham real anger, deep I'm, anger. And we agreed on that. And uh, no, well, in what he said. It, okay. What, what are you sensing from me right yeah. now? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, <laughs> Quinn Snyder at the top of the three o'clock hour. Another one of Gordon's BFFs. 
How many times a week do you have dinner with him? All the coaches come over. I know. Uh, I know. W- weekly, yeah. you know, and we have our, we have our, you know, we break bread. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, more straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.